아이고, 프리티보이. 프리티보이. 프리티 I'm not pretty. I'm good looking. You're listening to the Racking Focus podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Racking Focus podcast. I'm Josiah Blizzard. And I'm John Doyle, and we just uh, watched a screening of the movie Minari. Yeah, from my couch. From this your is, couch. This is the new normal, it I think. A, a strange new normal. It's very but strange. It worked. Uh, our format, guys, is uh, spoiler free first. We'll let you know when we're going to transition into spoiler filled territory and uh we'll we'll play an audio clip so you, you know that's coming and you won't be you know won't be spoiled um so i mean we were lucky enough to i, I mean i was lucky enough to have seen that a24 was doing this you know screening room right. thing and mm-hmm. that's how we watched it so essentially because a24 pretty much right just produces a whole bunch of indie films that don't make a ton of money in theaters you know in comparison to something like a, f- a Fast and Furious Nine right. or or Marvel, you know, blockbuster, be, right? right? Um, there's a bit more risk for them when it comes down to putting a movie like Minari in theaters. And so, what they started doing is, you know, for twenty bucks, you can buy a ticket to a screening at a certain time on a certain date online. It's on a browser, and you can airplay it to your TV, which is what we did tonight. And I think we're going to see this happen more frequently in the future if theaters don't start to to reopen here well and certainly it's, you know there's a measure for a movie like this um where you are already expecting an audience it's not the blockbuster mm-hmm. audience in that limited release yeah. in theaters that aren't open with fewer theaters you need to find other routes to get the the film out and this yeah. is a really viable route especially because we have televisions that have the kind of quality that they do now yeah, yeah. I mean, next to A24 just making their own app for like an Apple TV or something, this is, I think, their first baby step towards something like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw their own streaming service of some sort pop up in the future. Uh, but I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I'm glad that they did this because I've been wanting to watch an A24 film for like a new one for quite right. a while. Mm-hmm. And this is the only way to do that. So I'm glad that you know, the industry is shifting a little bit to allow us to experience new stories like this because these, I mean, you and I often talk about, we love when directors and storytellers have full control over their their film, over right. their story. And A24, it feels like that every single time. Lee Isaac Chung had full control over this, this film. It didn't feel like there was some heavy studio hand involved. No, it feels like it's his story. In yeah. fact, when Brad Pitt's name come up at the, up at the end, it's a surprise because right. uh, it feels like it's so organically made through this Korean vision. Yeah, yeah, Korean right. American and Brad Pitt's vision. just saying, "I just trust you with the with the story. Just do your thing." Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I love that. So, uh, I mean, I you know, like I ask this question every time. What what did you think of the film? Yeah, I knew you were going to get me first. I actually like it a whole lot, and that's not surprising, right? This has yeah, gotten yeah. good reviews at Sundance, whatever. It's done its thing, but. I think that um, there are some real, it is a film that does not tread on trope or mm-hmm. uh, uh, already trod upon emotional beats. There are there are things here that we can recognize as, a, as an audience member, but they're surrounded by uh, unusual ways of approaching what are 
um, or complex uh, and rich human issues. So we're seeing this interesting story uh, through the eyes of Korean culture or even this isolated Korean culture and this mm -hmm. American culture in Arkansas, right? And it was just fresh and rich and yeah. just chock full of things to dig into. I will say this, you know, it is paced in a way that is not methodical, <laughs> yeah. that sounds negative, but yeah. it's slowly paced, it's thoughtfully paced. Yeah. Um, and there's something really right about that. This movie doesn't feel like it needs to be something else. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, Steph, uh, who decided not, my wife, who decided not to watch the movie with us tonight, asked me when I went upstairs to grab my microphone so we could record this interview or this podcast, what did you think? And I, I told her that she would have most likely been bored uh, because the film is a slow burn for sure. It's not a bad thing. Like you said, it's just that this film takes its time to do what it needs to do. And it's not trying to pretend to be anything it's not. And I mean, it, it knows what it is. It knows, it knows what it is. And it's an indie piece from A24. And so like you go in, I go in expecting something like this mm -hmm. from this type of, this type of film. Um, I mean, a lot of the older, not older agent, Asian cinema that I've watched, but a lot of it feels slow paced. You, do you know what I'm saying? Like a lot I of do. The, there's a thoughtfulness. There's a yeah. There's a there's intention, a, intention and focus. Mm -hmm. And one of the things about this film in particular is, without like with avoiding the spoilers at this point, is mm -hmm. um, there are many stories being told. So if yeah. you had to ask what's the plot, you could probably chalk that out. But it, it's really the story of. Each of the characters. I think I want to. I, I think I think you're right. I think you ask what's the plot, but I think it's a different question. I think it's like what's the conflict? Yeah. And uh, yeah. because there's multiple different, there's this this there's a lot of philosophical conflict happening, whether it's religion or even a little bit of racism and um, uh, family material things. Like there's a lot of different philosophical mm -hmm. conflicts that are happening. Uh, a lot of different things going on in the minds of our characters, um, different types of family conflict. And it just creates like this one giant, it, it feels like one big problem, but there's a whole bunch of little problems that, and that's the only reason this movie works. If, if it if that didn't happen, if there was only one problem or only one conflict, I don't think the movie would work. Well, it's a, it's a film we've seen then, right? Mm -hmm. So this, this, uh, this many of the individual storylines yeah. are things you may have seen before but the the mixing of them together and the, you know one of, we in the korean cinema we've watched but certainly um you know we uh, in the asian cinema that we've watched that's contemporary this issue of family is such a strong component mm -hmm. and so each of the family members really gets their place in gets their purpose gets a, a place to go from beginning to end of the film yeah they have a character arc certainly but they mm -hmm. also have a journey that they take in some personal way even if that journey is only for a small portion of the film although for most of the family they from beginning to end are taking an, an, an arced journey yeah yeah i mean there's there's we've watched a decent amount of uh a recent asian cinema yeah, you know and i mean i think about uh and you brought up family Movies like uh, Shoplifters, for sure, and Parasite, uh, well, very this, different type of movie, yeah, but still very family focused. And then The Farewell, obviously, mm -hmm. 
all and, focused and around family. There's just is reminiscent, and not of. I mean, there's so many things that are different about it, right? Sure, yeah. But there, the generational nature mm-hmm. of the family and the value placed on each of the generations as part of the story, yeah, is is really present in the same way it was in Shoplifted. Yeah, yeah, ag- agreed. There was a shot at, at one point in the film um, where I. I was like, this feel, uh, This reminds me of Shoplifters. And I can't say what it is because well, yeah, I'm not spoiling anything. Yeah, we're right not, not so, spoiling anything. Um, uh, anyway. Uh, um, so so it's a good movie. I like it a lot. I think yeah. it's really great. Um, it is full of extraordinarily good acting. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I didn't expect um, uh, the, 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 the actress who plays uh, the grandmother to really crush it as much as she did but man i was blown away by her performance really amazing she was really she was really incredible but i mean so i mean so was everybody else like so i mean uh heck uh what's his name um guy who plays paul uh, will Will patton Patton. the heck amazing performance like left field out of left field this guy came from i mean i I, I can't I can't think of more than one other movie that I've seen him in uh, because I just think of Remember the Titans every time I see the guy. Right, but I mean, he's a straight up character actor. He's been yeah. all over the place. I mean, he does wonderful work in the. This is so strange in Armageddon. Right. Oh my gosh, I like, forgot he's in Armageddon. He's a, I mean, he's in a lot of films. That's but right. To be clear, this was this was letting him work. Like it was letting him do his thing. Yeah. Um, but I think in addition, you know. Uh, and the names are they are the killer right um but uh han <laughs> yeri i guess is her name han yeri uh who played monica uh, and uh, the, the americanized names are so interesting, interesting. as part of the story but yeah. um i thought she was spectacular her yeah. her transition as an actress her character in habit inhabiting the character she had from beginning mm-hmm. to end there is somebody there but that person has so many rich textured emotions yeah um and physicalities that were very very interesting yeah just i mean the thing with the acting in this film is that none of it is overacted none of this is over the top it's all this subtle uh it's subtle work it's like this non-verbal work that's is it's the gestures it's the facial expressions it's um the body language it's um you know, it's just, it's all of these small little things that make up the larger performance. Uh, and yeah, she crushed it. I I mean, Stephen Young was, was great, but I honestly thought he was like the weakest of the bunch. <laughs> well, yeah, the work he's doing is different, right? Yeah. Because he has to be... Well, maybe he just doesn't stand out as much. Because he's really an what anchor, saying, right? right? He yeah, to he be... has to hold everything together. Right? Everything, everything draws to dad here in this film, right. right? Yeah, you're right. Okay. But the this the work around you just can't talk about it. Come I to the spoiler section. Yeah. We'll talk about the specific work. Will be, those things pop out. But yeah, I mean, I, I think across the board, I even think the kids were really quite lovely. Yeah. I thought the daughter did an extraordinarily good job. And there's even beats. You know, there's a an American father who we meet very briefly. Mm-hmm who has i don't know 10 lines eight lines yeah and he just nails it yeah uh those the the movie is full of excellent acting obviously well directed great direction yeah i mean going even just going back to the american father who had 10 lines and was in it for maybe a total of of 60 seconds you know i you had backstory on that guy without any 
I know just without anything. Like he dropped some Alka Seltzer into a into a glass of water, and I was like, I know exactly who this dude is. We know, and we know what he's done, and we know where he's going, and we understand why. Yeah. And that's really good filmmaking when yeah. we can encapsulate in very small moments rich textured characters who inform the story too right, right. so we're talking about what it means to be a father in in, in this movie uh, at least it's one of the things and yeah. so when we see another father placed in context to uh steven yun's father character we we learn and we experience and the story grows right right yeah, yeah. you have contrast and there's a lot of contrast throughout Absolutely. this film um yeah, what did you think of uh, music? I know you, you, we talk about music. Quite. The music is super yeah. simple. What I find mm -hmm. really interesting is about about the music in this is there's a theme right that we're hearing throughout, right? Um, and that theme is quiet, subtle, sensitive, and um, and about the family's presence. We're this movie is not scored. Yeah to action it's right. scored to theme emotion and metaphor yeah and i think it, i think it's a lovely job yeah of that. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, it actually it didn't stand out to me but it didn't like get lost right you know um whereas some of the recent movies that we've reviewed it's been it's been hard it's, oh, it's been, been hard for me yeah, yeah like, it's um, been over the top so what do you think about the i'm going to say cinematography sure. but the, the the directorial work with the camera let's say that yeah that's, that's great uh, and that is what cinematography really I know really try, kind of boils down to, to sort great. of yeah, root, yeah. root away from the idea of it yeah. being about no, color grading right I thought um, I, th I thought that the, the directorial work with the camera <laughs> it was uh, we could talk about color and and oh, we will. differently I think, we will. I think that's good yeah um, you know okay let's break it down the, the, the shots the camera shots I thought the cinematography for the film was what it needed to be mm -hmm. um felt natural organic um uh i it, it 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 felt like it was you know i say organic which which feels right for this film that's about farming and about right. um relationships mm -hmm. and uh you know it had the camera had this freedom to move and you could tell there must have been times where the camera op is is sitting on a shot and it just feels right to be able to tilt up or pan to the right and they're not locked into mm -hmm. this frame you know lee isaac chung may have said this is the shot i want but if it feels right then maybe move and i wouldn't even be surprised if lee isaac chung was cam opping for some of this stuff and being you know being behind the camera in the viewfinder um and so yeah from a, a cinematography perspective it felt like the right cinematography for the film i mean from a color perspective too it, it had this um, there were rich tones and it, a lot of the color was very um, cool and green. Even on yeah. the, there was like this really hot day, right? This doesn't spoil anything. Really hot day. Right. right. But and it the wasn't film like. film doesn't read like a hot day, right? Yeah, they don't right. just lean into it wasn't this orange and, into orange. And, and, right. It was still the same naturalistic colors that, that popped. And it was, yeah, it was, I mean, it just, it was beautiful. But, I mean. It, but it was beautiful in the right way, not just because it needed to be beautiful. For the right, sake of being the beautiful. the it was thoughtful and meaningful yeah. and deliberative. I think that there were there was so much really lovely camera movement, and you're mm -hmm. right about that. Where the camera is not, it's I mean, there are places where the camera is panning, tilting, whatever. Right, that feels very, but you know, uh, three shots in a row where we're right. seeing a pan and then a tilt. 
Um, like it feels planned out, right? Like they were planned, like, okay, we're going to pan but, or tilt here. But it's here. bold, right, to, mm. to do these very standard camera moves yeah. um, in succession, right, as opposed to sort of driving us into, uh, you know, one this this pan is revealing something that we're then going to sit with. We get another, we get a, you know, a, a tilt then that sits with, because yeah. all this interesting yeah. movement. But the, the, the camera is often just almost floating, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, as opposed to, on sticks locked down kind right. of attitude or like running behind action. Yeah. You know, we're, we're really, it feels like it's just floating in the world and that feels uh, right. You know, at one point it, it made me feel like, I mean, at the beginning of this film, we got a little like preview, uh, not a preview, I guess, but an intro uh, from the, the cast right. a bit. Um, and that this film was about Lee Isaac Chung, the director's experience growing up. And while none of the characters in the film are named Lee, uh, it felt as if the camera was him and he was in this experience and he was just like this being who was floating around in the space. Do you know what I mean? Like, I do. I it, think that's it, a great It very much felt like that to me. And I thought about that at one it. point in the film uh, that I felt like I was just another kid in this family who didn't have a voice and was just kind of seeing, seeing and experiencing mm-hmm. what was happening to my family. Um which I really enjoyed it. I mean, it, it, it felt, it felt right for the, for the film. So, uh, yeah. Anything else you want to add before we jump into like a spoiler? No, I, I just want to say that people should watch the movie mm-hmm. and that you should watch it when you want to watch a film. Yeah. This isn't, I'm going to flip it on, on Netflix because I'm having dinner movie. No, yeah, um, yeah. And part of that's because there are subtitles and you need to be right. conscious of that. And I think in spoiler, uh, filled, we will, half of this, we'll talk a little bit about language, but, uh, you know, I think it's a really good film. I think it's a great film and yeah. really well worth the watching. And in our world today, films that are simple and about family are are really worth us engaging. You know, my experience of Marriage Story mm-hmm. is the same kind of experience where it feels like we need to be watching these kind of stories so that we can refocus ourselves as a yeah. culture around things that are more valuable than, you know, Agreed. Uh, cheap yeah. ridiculousness. Yeah. One hundred percent. Well, let's uh, let's take a break here. We're gonna watch a Q and A from the cast and crew, and then we'll be back for a spoiler-filled section. Spoiler alert! All right, and we are back with our spoiler-filled section. Uh, you've been warned if you don't want this movie spoiled for you. All right, and we are back with our spoiler-filled section. Uh, you've been warned if you don't want this movie spoiled for you, then you. Well, you're probably just going to have to wait a little bit until you get some kind of screening of this. Right, you're going to have to find a way to see this. But, uh, you you know, if you don't mind being spoiled, you're welcome to stay. Yeah, yeah. We are going to talk about things that might, in fact, impact your uh, discovery of beats or moments in the Discovery's film. good. This, I mean, you know, even if this movie was spoiled for you in this podcast, um, you can still watch this film and it's still either going to resonate with you or it's not. And you know, for me, to be honest, I, there's, I didn't really have any emotional, an emotional reaction to almost anything in this film. Um, other than maybe some religious trauma, but there's, <laughs> there's there. It didn't hit me. This, this, this viewing didn't hit me, but for all I know in two months, when I give this a rewatch, or in a year or two years when I rewatch this, 
it will be more impactful on that viewing. And that's what I think a film like this has the power to do because it's going to change based on your worldview and your perspective and things that you've been through. A movie like this has the power to change as you grow. Does that make sense? It, it does. And I yeah. think that like great literature does the same thing as you you change in your life, your reading of that literature changes right. by your relationship to it. I think the same thing happens here. And I think, you know, the issue of family is something that is a dynamic issue for us as as humans. And so, you know, one of the things I appreciate about what we heard in this little talk back uh, is that this isn't, I mean, certainly it's about a Korean family and certainly it's about immigration and whatever, mm -hmm. but it's about, it's about a Korean family as a family, as people. Yeah. And so that means there's, application to whatever family it may be and you can see those components you know the the, the desires of the father mm -hmm. the struggles of the mother the um the challenges of, of of you know your parents or grandparents or whatever it may be um, yeah even incorporating you know uh, the grandmother and the uh and the kids right you have three generations mm -hmm. and you're you're seeing a very clear struggle between what would be you know, uh, uh, you know, Stephen Yens and Yuri Han's characters, the the mother and father, the parents, struggling with their their family from not just a, a kid's perspective, but from a, 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 a parent's perspective of having to bring a mother in who's all by herself, um, just adding another level of stress to the whole situation as an immig as immigrants, right? Like, right. there's a lot to it. Yeah, I, I want to say about their relationship. Um, the they were they were both husband and wife and parent and they were unique and different roles mm -hmm. they played and they that was one of the you know a conflicting issue it didn't turn into a film where we were worrying about the divorce and watching the impact of the divorce we were mm -hmm. watching this relationship try and deal with its situation these people yeah. in this relationship and that situation mm -hmm. included loving or struggling with the love for your partner and integrating or struggling with that love in relationship to children. Yeah. And I thought that that was really well done. Yeah. Um, well, well, I, I mean, one of the scenes that I, I'm going to remember most is this bathtub washing your hair, like washing his hair. And he gives the line of like, you know, if, if this fails, then you guys can just, essentially just leave and you can do what you want right but that i mean so t in such an intimate setting it's like such a uh, it was such a powerful moment a powerful scene and it was like a single shot right or maybe yeah was they two just shots, sat on yeah. that shot when we saw the bucket at the end because the, the water was an issue throughout like water's a sig finding yeah. water water mm -hmm. sustaining the loss of water was, yeah i mean a significant um motif whatever it, you know yeah. it appeared throughout um and so the use of that water especially since it was water collected and dumped on his head as opposed to water right. working because they were using it to feed the farm yeah um but yeah i thought that scene was beautiful and beautifully shot i think the other one that sort of sits in my head in that same flow is when they're arguing out and the kids are making the paper airplanes to throw mm, out at them yeah so and don't fight on the wings yeah don't right? fight right right at big the the uh, uh daughter says yeah. anna says and i think that um you know that scene's great because it's 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 a real scene but the fight they're having is a fight that's about their relationship it's not a fight that's about 
some stupid I mean it's not a stupid issue it's a mm-hmm. it's a foundational issue of two people struggling with their own identity in a relationship right. and in the same way that spectacular scene in marriage story when they're in the apartment and they sort of fight out their life that was happening but the movie doesn't just let it be that yeah. the movie sits the children in that scene and integrates them without making it about childhood trauma right you know it it was about the family as a group uh, in, in their own individual roles and i thought that was really well done yeah um, and the same thing with the you know the grandmother and the mother in their relationship with uh david and you know mm-hmm. each, they're they're pulling him towards or away from superstition or faith or whatever it may be um and and pushing him to become either it felt like he was either being pulled to be more korean or more american I'd yeah say, certainly right? there was definitely this which way drinking the tea versus drinking the mountain dew like what what mm-hmm. you're not you can't drink yeah like the sister's old enough to where she's been americanized right she's she's not forced to drink this tea she can drink the mountain water right and uh you know she's not being pushed either way she's already been initiated into the american culture essentially uh, there was a lot of that. There was a lot of that from religion to, you know, the American culture to even choosing, you know, at one point, who would you rather live with, mom or dad? Yeah. You know, it's this kid being pulled in multiple directions. Well, and the kids asking that question, mm-hmm. you know, that it it was about a decision these independent human thinkers were making. Yeah. It wasn't about their trauma. It was about their trying to solve the problem of the family, which really interesting yeah. to me. Yeah. I mean, okay, so one of the main things that really uh, stuck out to me, obviously, was this whole religion yeah. aspect uh, of, of things. And, uh, we, you know, as we're watching this Q&A, we're just like, please, just ask this question. Someone's I need some clarity question. on this. And the answer that, you know, director Lee Isaac Chung gave was essentially the answer that I was expecting. You know, where did this character of Paul come from? And he essentially said that there was a guy that, he knew who was like this. Um, and it had, I mean, it had to be the case because this guy is so, you know, I say, I'm going to say eccentric, but it's really, it's funny to say eccentric because I actually know people who are like this. Exactly. Um, and multiple people like this isn't a, this isn't like a uncommon thing. Um, and so I found his portrayal of this Christian character. Who's certainly you would, if you're outside the Christian bubble that I, you know, lived in for a a while you'd call him crazy and i might even call him a little bit crazy uh today but it was such an interesting way to bring that character in because his portrayal is actually very honest and true to that that uh radical christian group i don't say radical in 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 an extremist sense right that sort of core idea yeah. yeah and and comparing and contrasting that to this small conservative feeling almost like this this baptist church that is just very much internalizing their faith whereas then you have paul who's externalizing their everything faith faith flows from everything yeah he the house the the water the garden everything Um, well i feel like that idea of externalizing is right for what he's doing mm -hmm. and the you know when we say like people would say he's crazy the the one thing the film doesn't do is say that yeah the right. film simply says this is a person yeah who has these beliefs and it allows you to make yeah. the 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 decision on your own of what you believe this guy is and who you believe he is uh and there's this moment at the end on the bus 
where it's the, and it's the church bus, right? I think that's, it's, the, that's the church bus. It's the it's church really, bus. And yeah. one of the young, young adults or teens is, is flipping Paul off as he's carrying his cross quite literally up the dirt road as he does every Sunday. And there you have the contrasting perspective of which Christianity is the correct Christianity or which Christianity would you rather be associated with, you know, and you get to determine, you know, that on Mm -hmm. your own. Like it's, it's, it's a simple question that isn't even in your face asked, but if you're, if you're watching or if you're going through any sort of, uh, you know, religious, spiritual, conflict in your own life that's something that's going to pop up to you and then on your next viewing maybe you're not going through that and you're going through some family issue like i said earlier this 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 film has many different ways to view uh as you grow in your own life um because he wrote this to it feels like to deal with a lot of different philosophical conflicts Yeah, you know he says he starts with the story of his family and i think it is that's part of what makes things work you know when good films come from you know some human truth and then all of the philosophical business grows out of that very yeah. naturally right because if you're doing good work and you're writing thoughtfully about the human experience we are beings who ask those questions and so the you know the the question of religion in this is to some extent the question about personal integrity you know mm-hmm. um, Paul believes right he's a believer and he believes it's the way he has to practice this right and the we we see a difference in that church setting which feels uncomfortable and colder right and yet that church was strangely welcoming for people who were quite different than them yeah and but at the same time felt like ostracizing at the same right like stand up if you're new like we all know they, everybody in this church knows, knows that, right. that the, the, the Korean family here yeah, and you is feel the, the only new people who've walked in this door in the last like right. five years. Uh, uh, but, the, you know, the, 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 the deal that the, the children in that space were both condescending and awful and uh-huh. yet making real human contact. So it didn't become about, oh, look at these bad people. It was like, these are people doing a thing. Yeah. And it may not be a good thing, but it it's also not a bad thing. It's just a thing that's happening in the world. Right, right. What, what does it feel like to be a Korean Christian in Arkansas? Well, this is what this it is feels what it felt like, like. Right. You know? Right. Um, and uh, I, th- I mean, I think that carrying the cross is such a strong image and it so matches Jacob's cross that he's carrying mm-hmm. it's a non-religious cross it's this mm-hmm. cross of family and heredity with this and burden of his having pride. to do this and and that it is the salvation of his family if mm-hmm. he does it and he succeeds and that you, you have to do that act you have to keep taking the walk um yeah it was i thought was a really nice parallel that played out without the weight of um you know, learn from this. It's more watch and experience, like yeah. appreciate and, and feel the truth of it. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too, is, I mean, I, I, you know, we're, we're coming off of, um, you know, last week watching Malcolm and Marie and a lot of things, I'm not going to spoil anything about that movie, but, uh, there was this, this thing about that film of, you can't read into this thing too hard. Um, because what you you might take from it is a little bit different than what the what the director even meant, mm-hmm. right? And again, uh, film I think for me anyway should work in that sense. Like you just made this relationship from this burden of Paul carrying the cross to Jacob's own cross. Director Lee Isaac Chung, writer director, might not have even in, intended for that meaning, but like we're able to take that 
and apply it to our own our own life our own view uh, viewpoint of the world and like that's what good art does and you're able to mm-hmm. you're able to and that's how you know like a f- this film is is layered with so many different things that i'm not going to be able to talk about everything in a single watch through right exactly you know this is something that you have to view multiple times that you're going to pick up on every time you watch you're going to say oh my gosh i didn't even pick up on that the last time i watched or this is my watch where i'm experiencing this particular part of this yeah. relationship yeah i think that that's really yeah, true it's going to completely change um i you know i want to talk a little bit about uh, health and medicine and the stroke uh-huh, and yeah, the yeah. heart. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, David's getting stronger and mm-hmm. the grandmother's stroke was extraordinarily well oh presented, really yeah. emotionally disturbing. Yeah. And the, the, how the children dealt with it, all of those beats yeah. were, were just well, in, in shocking, right? Like out of nowhere, you know, um, it, it was it was a complete curveball for me. I had no, I did not expect grandma's failing health, you know, to be kind of like what the issue was towards the end, right? What causes the um, the failure of the right. of the farm, or what what causes, I guess, uh, Jacob to have to reevaluate and pivot and and purchase the actual the well right. and, right. and do things the American way in a sense, um, and. Uh, yeah, the stroke was out of left field for me, and well, in such an intimate moment, was, right? So oh, you man. get the, the the you know the yeah. child says, you know, I don't want to go to heaven. Yeah, you know, I, 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 and then they lay together, and there's this intimate moment that seems really good, and then he discovers that the bed is wet, and he hasn't done it. Yeah, and and then it's then that world is off the rails, right? Yeah, she's laying there. She's and we can't form words and something yeah. bad has happened the kids don't know what to do and remember we're in the 70s right yeah so we're in a time when there weren't cell phones to make the call right and so everything gets slowed down and it it is a really it's one of those places where like we get dramatic tension yeah they live an hour from the hospital right, right? yeah but, you know so we know that yeah and we know that they're going to church now right and that she's going to sneak out and, and make a call and the parents at are, at, are at work on right. Sunday it's yeah. this world where it, everything's happening slowly like and, and as a result the risk is high mm-hmm. but the film doesn't decide okay so we're going to put suspenseful music underneath this the film doesn't decide we're going to it change the pace of the filmmaking yeah we're, we're just going to work this through that in in I, I in particular I just want to say that the, that scene with uh the you know grandmom and mother in the hospital so that that moment with monica and the grandmother in the hospital bed mm-hmm. i thought was absolutely gorgeously shot mm-hmm. intimate beautiful and again, again like one shot a one from shot a, from like right? a corner exactly yeah. it's it's not about the intimacy of camera up in their faces catching their emotion it's about behaviors and about relationship mm-hmm. done it's in the same way you were talking about that earlier shot in in the the tub. Um, I, I just thought that the, yeah, I thought that yeah. was spellbinding. It's a lot of it was it's just like bodies in space that you're you're just giving like this energy to, and twice in that in those both of those shots, right? It's it's it is Monica taking care yeah of her husband, of her mom. 
she takes care of David multiple times throughout mm-hmm. the film. Um, like she is, she's the caretaker really, you know, and, um, you can, you can, when you, when you pay attention to shots like that, you can see the stress and the buildup on her from, you know, working so hard, trying to take care of her family only to see like things go wrong again and again and again. Um, and everything like, I mean, even going back to that stroke thing, right. Where the reveal of you've set this thing up of David wets the bed to, we're going to reveal that you know grandma's in trouble because david hasn't wet the bed this time but right the bed is wet like that is such a smart reveal uh and so everything is done and i'm not gonna say a clever way but it was crafted in a sense yeah. of like it, everything felt naturally motivated and nothing felt forced to even even david getting on the floor to sleep next to grandma didn't feel forced mm-hmm. right it felt like this we're now growing together and we're they're able to connect on an emotional level and even a physical level um so yeah everything was just done i don't know everything was motivated yeah and, i think that that's really right and, I, and it, when we say motivated right it's not just character motivated it's the the storytelling is motivated so every every like yeah yeah we, we know locking's motivated right everything it, that, like that's that what i motivated. mean yeah. yeah and you know there's things that sit there that become uh, so it's like the the danger of the plant and payoff concept in American cinema. Mm-hmm. So we see a snake, and we're told we're gonna throw don't throw the rock at the snake because it's better if you can see it than when it's hidden. Yeah, which is like a great metaphorical, beautifully written line. And yet that snake has nothing to do with any real danger in the story. Yeah. Well, even going to a further example is the the plant and payoff for me, which I could have sworn was gonna be the case, and they flipped it, was. David has a heart murmur. He can't run. At some point, you know, act one, they've set that up. And act three, climax time, David's heart murmur is going to present itself in a very serious manner. They've set up hospitals an hour away, but it never does, right? Because that's not the issue of the film. That's right. We're not about some cheap, easy, like traumatic moment that will push these people in a direction. It is life that's being challenging. Look, the most painful moment between uh you know uh monica and jacob is after he's they after the found success, out right yeah they yeah. found out that the kid is going to be fine yeah and they found out that they're going to sell their <laughs> produce and the next moment there is the heartbreaking yeah. conversation between the two of them um and that's that's the way things happen though because our guard gets let down right you know and and when even even i it was so funny to me because when uh, when Jacob, it, you know, he's in, it's the hottest day and Jacob has his box of stuff with him and he takes it out of the car and he gets yelled at. Yeah. And he says he's going to move the car. And all I can think is he can't leave that stuff in the car. Like that's right. disastrous. Yeah. And he doesn't, he right. makes a choice that I would have made. Yeah. I would have brought the fruit in. Or and the, as the a result, in, right? I am in the scene, him, Right, and so all of the emotional context becomes meaningful to me directly, yeah. because the situation the script has created for us, the director and the storyteller has created for us, is one where there the choice that he makes is a choice that's potentially the the right choice in the moment, yeah, um, and or at least we know that if he doesn't choose it, things will go badly, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. us being in that situation as viewers 
in a very organic way lets us process the drama yeah. instead of us telling us what the drama is. Well, and and by uh, us saying no, like please take that box of stuff in, that box of produce in, and then realizing that because we want him to take that in, we are prioritizing his farm and business over the family with him. Right. Then we're guilty of that when we Monica calls him out. In it, right. Yeah. Yeah. And the only reason that's a problem is because Monica has prioritized this problem with her son that is going away. Mm -hmm. And so everyone is sort of making choices based out of their own personal perspective. But those choices are integrated. I understand what it means to be angry uh, about not, um, you know, not making the right motivated choice about your family over. Yeah you know uh about uh, your your work or whatever those those are all real things and we encounter them with our partners or with our friends or whatever it may be and i'm able to identify over and over again with the story even though it is majority in korean yeah and definitively of a korean american experience even though it's not that isn't its purpose yeah so it's not like crazy rich asians which is about that exp that world Mm -hmm. This is definitely about these people in America yeah. as immigrants and as as a family, just a family This in film America. could very quickly, I mean, you bring up Crazy Rich Asians, which is labeled like fish out of water film genre right. based, right? This very easily could have turned into a fish out of water Absolutely. film. Um, and that's the wrong choice. And that's the wrong choice. Yeah, this is, I, I don't even know what you call it because it's not like a rite of passage film. It's it's just this. It's just a slice it's, of life it's for a slice all of practical life. purposes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, and they've brought yeah. it up in the in that Q and A. Really, is that they've made this? This is an American film that just happens to really be in Korean, right? You know, based around this Korean family, and so it's it's a weird kind of. I'm going to say it's kind of a genre blend, right? Because this would be labeled as this is a foreign film or an international film. Mm -hmm. A foreign would this be considered a foreign language film and the answer should be no it just happens to be in a different language right you know because this is an American film it just happens to be in a different language this is something we can all relate to uh, because we've all had family we've all and even if you don't have family right now that is your relationship with family right and so you're gonna be able to experience this film on that level or, or on some level yeah, uh, um, what did you, how, the, the final sequence is heartbreaking, uh -huh. or that final sequence, that the, the, you know, that drive home and the smell of smoke and the Oh, uh, I mean, the, the second that grandma pushes that box out of the fire and it hits the ground, you and I both knew what was going to happen. Right. Um, well, and, you know, they run into and they try and save all this produce, but they never actually pull anything out. Right, they put things off to the side, but you never see anything leave the actual. Right, because they end up saving each other. Right, um, like they've officially realized the priority in life is mm -hmm. to just to to save each other and to cling to each other, really. Which is part of what they talk about in earlier in the film that that's what they're doing, right? Mm -hmm. As in their relationship. Oh yes, right, you're like, right. Yeah, we come to America and to, we're to save, save each, each other. other. Yeah, and they end up doing that, mm -hmm. um, and that's. Uh, I mean, it's beautifully done. That scene is terrifying yeah. in the smoke. Yeah. Um, and the loss of that produce is devastating. Yeah. I mean, when they're running into that that like storage unit, essentially that storage barn, 
it's the equivalent of him trying to instead of the crates being filled with like vegetables it's just filled with cash yeah. right to him he's seeing like this is cash like this is how we're going to pay for our water this is how we're going to pay for food and all of this stuff like this is this is this is money um and so you can at least for me i can feel that heartbreak because earlier in the film he says we're growing we're growing money essentially right um and so that money's just being burned at this point right in and, the film uh, so and it i mean another like absolutely beautifully shot sequence yeah so yeah they lit know. that thing right up that was that was for sure wow <laughs> like, that was they lit that they mm-hmm. lit that barn up and and you have at the same time the work in the smoke inside the space creating both our inability to know what's happening you know we're focused on characters we sort of see them we don't know what's happening clearly enough we and so you're right we see stuff get pushed to the side we don't know what happens to it we we sort of know by the end but mm-hmm. the the idea is everything's obscured by the smoke uh and that's just good shooting like it's yeah. just really well crafted cinema yeah to be able to to give us the clarity of the fire on the outside and yet on the inside we are you know the smoke is obscuring what we're seeing because it's not about the smoke right it's about it's about what's in the frame yeah you know the smoke is is what's in the frame it's not about us seeing smoke in frame right um and and that that to me is really you know when when someone's doing their craft really well yeah yeah Um, this film um you know the ending uh it ended abruptly right mm -hmm. and i i had a feeling it would based on one the pace and two like how would you end a film like this it's one of those films where if you i mean i mean if you're listening at this point you've probably watched the movie (laughs) uh but if you're just one of those casual listeners who doesn't care if the movie's spoiled and you don't like abrupt endings that are open-ended then i'm sorry but this is this is gonna probably bother the heck out of you because uh it it stops hard cut Mm -hmm. stops uh, no resolve unless you think about the film. Right. Right. So like you can't watch this film and then the second it cuts to black and you see director or directed by come up, you cannot be angry because you have not processed enough. Um, Cause the film does end and there is a resolve. It's just, you have to decide what the resolve is for yourself. And you have to right in the, it's the film is ended and there's things to think about. Yeah. And that's what we want want to do. That's why we're able to have this conversation. Yeah. Instead of the film ended, and I I say I liked it, I didn't. Right. You know, it's not that's not that what what this film is doing in any way. Um. So yeah. 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 yeah this yeah, film yeah. is really just one half of the experience. Like watching it is the first half, and then you have to have a discussion about this with somebody else. Um. Do you know what I mean? I do. Like, even if it's with yourself for like an hour on in the car right yeah you know um there's a lot to it this is a movie that i like to say this is like an evening film Mm -hmm. for me because it's a movie where when i'm done i want to sleep on it like that's Mm -hmm. what i want to do i don't want to go do some other thing like i'm not going to leave our conversation here and go and grade videos from my college students right right because i don't want to put something else in my head right now i just want to let it this thing roll around yeah and think about the images because as we're talking there's more and more things congealing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. more and more moments that are whether it's beautiful or thoughtful or connected or whatever and that journey for me is what i like and i like that about many of the films that we see coming from a24 
they allow the, the the films allow us to have that experience. Yeah. Um, I, I when I leave Endgame, I I don't necessarily want to do something else. I want to revel in the beats and the moments. Mm -hmm. But I'm reveling in the action, in the event, in the in the plot. And here. It's about all the resonances that are right. going to come up to me. What it means to have a house on wheels. You mm. know, w um, one person likes that, one person doesn't. Why is that important? Those things yeah. are all just going to sit with me. That th The Mountain Dew is a treasure of a, <laughs> of a prop, right? Yeah. I mean, th the Mountain Dew bottle was spectacular. The production design in this movie yeah. is so good. It's so, so yeah. good. Well, it, it, I mean... I it it was this thing where it felt like I wasn't a hundred percent sure what time period it was, even though I felt like it was when was it sixties seventies? I think it's seventies. Seventies, but, but like that's the thing is like it doesn't matter what time period. That's it is. right, but it's righteously done in the seventies without say. So it's not like a film, but it's not like you know. And we're just going to keep referencing everything we see. Yeah, it's not like it. it. Or it chapter two, where it's the nostalgia is so strong. Right. They don't push nostalgia. That right. Yeah. That we're like we're diving into. Oh, that's what that's what a DVD player looked like. Right. That's what, right, right, it's right. not Stranger Things where we're you know oh it's a videotape. Mm -hmm. This th there's videotapes in this. We that's the yeah. period this is in. Right. There's we're no watching, romanticizing any of the old tech. It isn't it's, at all? It's just presenting it as present in this world, mm -hmm. which means the world is real, and it doesn't matter what time period's in except for the fact that they don't have cell phones. They don't have things yeah. that have impact on plot. But yeah, but the production design is, that's what I think makes it so good. And you talk about sometimes, you know, like cinematography is great or music's great when we don't notice it, right? Mm -hmm. Like when it's there and we're not like stuck on it. Yeah. It doesn't stick out. And I think in some ways the production design did that here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I One of the things I noticed, you know, is, is David's tube socks. They're like absolutely oh, yeah. 70s tube socks. <laughs> yeah. But they're, they, they, it isn't about that, right? Mm -hmm. It's they're just present because they give integrity to the yeah. place we're in. They give meaning to that place, and I thought that that work was really good. And that's what like the Mountain Dew bottle is one of those things that sticks out for me, right? Really clearly, right. Um, uh, yeah. Well, and 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 they had this Mountain Dew, but they didn't have water. I know at times, right? Like uh. there's just it's things like that. There's a lot of things to think about, and there's a lot of metaphors that. I, I don't think that were intended that to, to be made, but when you can piece things together like this, there are metaphors. There are metaphors that are that were subconscious probably that were placed into this film that just people you're gonna be able to unpack and unpack and unpack. Yeah, and are present from the work, right? Mm -hmm. They're part of the work. And you know, I um I wanna say that that that's um that that's what makes the 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 Malcolm and Marie complaint about finding things that the director may not have intended mm. is about demanding that the director intend what you want. Right, 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 right. And I, and I think that the, the, the great films, great literature, whatever it may be, opens the door for your experience of that mm -hmm. to grow and, and watch and puzzle piece and solve yeah. and storytell yeah. and add to it. And this film certainly gives you all the foundation to do that. Yeah. Um, and the Minari there are, what is it? it's not minari right the korean pronunciation is I, different a, now we know that yeah yeah we, yeah we heard the, it minari or something like yeah, that minari you know? right yeah. Yeah, uh, the emphasis is on the other syllables. really interesting you know obviously conversation about mm -hmm. growing it in the formal way versus the informal way 
Mm-hmm. Um, and we learned a lot in the talk back about what that plant is and that it became less important what it was. It just became part of the present film. Right, right. Uh, and I think that that's a, 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 both a wise choice and interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Would you, um, you know, if this film came to theaters, would you say, yeah, go see this in theaters? Uh, I'm not going to answer. I'm going to tell you to answer it because you're going to have the right answer because we both agree <laughs> on this point. So I want you to say the answer. To oh, that. see, now, I, now I'm questioning my answer here. Go ahead. Um, I would say, yeah, 100% go see this in theaters because you could, you should support, uh, that, you should support uh, independent filmmakers that, who are trying to make the, the film they want to make. My feeling too. I just okay. feel like was that what you were going to say? Yeah, yeah that's okay. what I mean. It's our it's our <laughs> thing, right? We we want to reward this kind of film with with audience. And, yeah, and I think this is a film that to benefits with community. As much as you know, Steph was upstairs and Lisa's at home. Yeah, this is a film that's that that's meaningful to them. It's a f- film meaningful to my daughter who's going to have a baby in a couple months. Like right. they're they're all it's it's present. It's something you want to watch with people. But more than that, more than that communal sense that we often talk about in the theater, this is a film you want to go to like Cajillionaire, where you want to go into that theater and sit mm-hmm. down because the people who made it had integrity. Yeah, and they need to be permitted to make another film. Yeah, and one of the ways they're going to do that is by cash. So we're going to buy the screening right and we're going to tell you to go get the screening if you can't get to in a cinema because by pumping money towards a 24 mm-hmm. they will continue to permit these visionary without the wackiness of that word well, yeah. directors yeah. create really good work right right you know? they give yeah they open the door for these people to to, to do their work so yeah go see theaters if you see, honestly really if you see anything come up from a24 chances are you should really just go see this in theaters if it's i mean maybe not midsummer but well, uh, i think midsummer but... i think midsummer was definitely worth seeing in theaters but man i probably won't watch that film no. again i'm still scarred it's been I, it's been almost it's been over a year yeah i gotta tell you that thing is always on my uh prime it's always ready it's for always me to ready watch on prime. yeah it's always ready um but i will say that if the, you see the screening opportunity you should take that too yeah and they will undoubtedly be doing more screening opportunities in the future i think we caught the last showing of this unless they're going to put more up but i i would imagine uh this film will probably hit you know, iTunes rentals um, or something like that probably pretty they, soon. They have to figure out a way. It's just this distribution track because in the end, if they don't do their own streaming service, this is a film that's going to end up on uh, on Criterion, right? Like mm-hmm. this is a film that's going to move that direction or it's going to move its way onto HBO and they're going to strike a deal with them to release well, those it, films. It, it all depends on the award season it that does. comes up. And it depends on how it how it does at the academies and in the Golden Globes and all all of the places that this thing is, is going. Yeah. And we, I mean, we know from Sundance that it's, they mentioned in the talk back that it had won uh, audience award and, and jury award. Right. So, I mean, it, it stood out. So... But, you know, I always hate the fact that, you know, our great bone to pick last year was that the farewell was all but ignored, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And and I worry about that with, with mm-hmm. pieces that are so family-oriented and so thoughtful and subtle that right. they can be overlooked. This may be the year to not have that happen because the movies the, have been the, in chaos, right? Right, right, right. You have a, a, a fewer, smaller selection of films. I th- think goofy things to darlings of hollywood to get in the way mm-hmm. right yeah um, so yeah well 
Anything else to add? No, there's. I mean, there's a ton to talk about, but I don't think we need to. I, I would recommend, well, let's just go to our close because yeah. what we have to recommend is the close, right? So we want to thank you for listening to the Racking Focus podcast. We'll be back again next week. Uh, we're going to be week by week again. Um, and, you know, with different films, uh, yeah. new films, films you can access or watch. This is one of the few that actually you can't just jump out and go see that we're going to be talking about. Right. And we're doing big films and little films. So be a part of that. And you don't just have to wait for a podcast episode coming out just about every Tuesday. Instead, you can uh, check us out on Letterboxd, too. And yeah. one of the things we both are doing is writing reviews, sometimes short, sometimes long, on Letterboxd that can give you a preview of where we're headed on a film or can talk about another film that we, we've watched um, that is not a current release that we're reviewing. So go check us out there. It's a wonderful app um, for people who are interested oh, in movies. Oh, it's a great app. I love that app. Well, I, think I love it's it. Really well designed. Yeah. The structure's really good. It's a smart way to do social media around film. You know, I you know, I I uh, before I found this app, I had the idea for this app. I'm not even kidding. I, I had, believe you. I had this idea like a couple years ago, and because I'm not, I don't code. I had no way of building this out, and I don't know anybody who codes. And now I'm wishing I found somebody and. Yeah, because there's money in there's money to be made in in, this. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so go check out our reviews on Letterboxd, and you know uh, we're each watching things on our own, and sometimes we come together and talk, Mm -hmm. and sometimes we're on our own. And uh, I'm probably going to watch a movie called Park Lanes. It's an eight hour long real time film about a bowling alley factory. Oh my gosh! Um, Lisa made me stop watching it, so I'm going to have to watch it on my own. Did you finish your 14 hour long film? I have three hours left to go there this weekend. (laughs) Um, uh, and the movie's broken into parts, so it's cool. But that that'll be up on Letterboxd, and I'll probably do I'll probably do a Minnesota. Minnesota yeah, you probably have to that. do a Minnesota. I have, I have to talk about that because it need it's just like this. That's People intense. need to support it. Um, uh, but yeah, so you know, check us out on Letterboxd. How else can they find us? Just so. uh, well, really, you can just go to rackingfocuspodcast.com and from there you can find all of our social channels, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, that's really the place to go. You, there's also some other blogs up there about, you know, some other random things, what we're thinking about for, you know, movies you should watch on Netflix. These are, there are some quarantine. We need to maybe update this blog. There's some, uh, there's some quarantine lists up there for you to watch, which I imagine are probably still, uh, useful. I think probably you yeah. can watch most of the stuff on there. Yeah. yeah. So go to rackingfocuspodcast.com. You can find all of our social channels there and, uh, please, please head to like, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a review. Five stars would be recommended and then you can just crap on us in the comments like in the actual review. But a five star review helps us get seen by the algorithm and that means that either more people can like us or more people can hate us and that's totally fine with us. We just want our our, our conversation to get out there so more people can listen and join in on the conversation. So if you have a friend who might like a film podcast, please share this with them. Please. We will be forever appreciative. Even if we don't know you did it. Even if we have no idea. Yeah. You'll know. You'll know in your heart. Right. That we're appreciative. That's, that's right. That's it. That's good. Anything else to add? No, that's it. Um, this was great. a great film. It was a good watch and uh, a good find. And we'll see you next week uh, all with another movie. The Dig. I think The Dig's next week. The right? Dig's next week. Yep. So if you have Netflix, you can still watch.
Yeah, the, yeah. That, that'll be sitting around there. And coming up soon will be probably Justice League Snyder Cut, which I'm going to force Josiah to watch. I cannot wait that to sit means, him in a room with do, me. Do I, okay, so do I need to watch all these other films? Don't want you to. Deliberately you want, want me to you just to come watch in cold. Okay. I, I'll have watched everything else, and it'll be good conversation. And okay. Kong, of versus Kong, which are oh, big right. monsters. Uh, uh, in the middle of what are going to be a pile of intimate films you watch as well. Some of the other films that I'm thinking of that we need to that need we to get to. Uh, Nomadland just hit Hulu. Absolutely, need to watch that. Um, I had a chance to watch Promising Young Woman um, last week. Carrie Mulligan delivers probably my favorite performance I've ever seen from her. Uh, so there's some other films that we need to watch. So if those are two, so if you want to get a head start. Right on us. Then, then you got go all, ahead that, and watch all that, that stuff. You can watch, and we'll yeah. be ready to talk about. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Racking Focus Podcast. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Racking Focus Podcast.